This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Anderson, astronaut, a man barely interesting. I just picture you sitting on the rail at a strip club eating a Lunchable. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. I, I love you, but you're saying that this little old man, this dude was a clean 6'6". We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland on Saturdays about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show. Better than they were before. Sportsier. Funnier. More Labradoodles. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey. Map and 1080thefan.com. Hey, 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 Happy Saturday morning, all you beautiful Portlanders. I hope you're having a wonderful start to your weekend. Let's start with the most important man, ladies and gentlemen. It's Will Darkins. Will! What's happening? Saturday, baby. It's Saturday. It's 9 o'clock. When was the last time we were on at 9 o'clock on a Saturday? I know. It's thrown me off. I didn't get up at my usual 4.30 in the morning. Last week, we were on at noon. Oh, we were? Yeah. We had that uh, whole, you know, after dark thing. Pack our show? 12... After dark, no, we were here during daylight, but because the Ducks played late, then we were here late so that you didn't have to sit around for six hours waiting for the the game day crew to come in mm. and get your Ducks game day on. Why but today, we, we're why don't we have a night show? You and I? Yeah. I don't know. You're, why not? We should have a night show. Why? Why don't they put us on at night? We're perfect. We're the perfect talk show oh is that what you want to do a night yeah yes yeah do uh do like weekday evenings yeah weekday evenings and just sit no 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 because here's what would happen what is you would sit here and watch the blazers game at night and then you'd gripe about how this is the problem they missed a shot they're terrible everything's bad Uh, i was gonna talk about the blazers every time i do with you it's just so annoying we'd have to talk about the blazers all the time They'd be playing a game, and then you just cry. Uh, Neil Shea's a jerk, and nobody likes him, and that's why they can't win. If they had somebody that was a nice guy and shot sunshine out of his butt, then everybody would be happy. But no, this guy's kind of a jerk, so everything's ruined. One guy quit, and now Damian Little can't shoot, and I'm sad. Now, that's, all we'd do. that's all we'd ever talk about. Doing a Saturday morning show, at least we get to talk about college football, and you go, yeah, one time I played college football, that was kind of fun, but I don't remember things because I was a fullback and I ran into a lot of people. And then we laugh how you can't remember things and how your brain's deteriorating. We have so much fun here on Saturdays. Eh, weekdays, nights would be, uh, it'd be unbearable. Nobody wants that. That version of Will Darkens. 
Wow. I trust you don't disagree. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Look, I appreciate your optimism for a clearly failing team, but. Wait, what? I, just, I, I, I know you're I, very optimistic about the Portland Trail. Well, I didn't say that. I never said that I'm optimistic. You're just, a man that enjoys the same thing over and over. I know that. I, Meteorocrity This is why I didn't bring up the Blazers. Love it. Cool. You're starting with the sarcastic version of Will Darkens mm. that moves into the uh, nothing uh. but disdain for the Blazers. It's fine, man. You can go and, and, and accept the fact that you complaining about it doesn't change anything. Or you can go That's like, sports radio, hey, bro. Hey, nice one. Yeah, I know, but it's it's boring, stale. Every, everybody's saying the same thing. Sports radio, jump on the bandwagon, crush Neil Olshay. Fine, he's terrible. I don't disagree with that. But nice win against the Bulls. You gonna say anything about that? Oh yeah, can I see the Bulls' best win? Sure, yeah, sure. Not the Blazers. It. Boom. Ready? You ready for the Bulls' best win? Hey, go for it. Go nuts, buddy. I gotta get up. The oh, Bulls schedule. Is this something you heard early in the week? Did one of the other shows talk about this? No, I'm just aware of it. Oh, okay. Sure. So, Ten and the four. Bulls have played, see, the Cavaliers twice, the Pelicans. Cavaliers are, uh, what, third place in the East? <laughs> the Grizzlies, the Pistons, the Pelicans again. Grizzly, wow, Grizzlies, Grizzlies have a winning record, eight and seven, I believe. I'm sorry, that's the Pistons twice again. Yep. They also played the Raptors, the Knicks, who they lost to. Sure. Blazers schedule. Do they have a they winning record? They played the Jazz. Real they quick. did beat the Jazz. That's Real quick. pretty good. Blazers record. Have the Blazers played more teams with winning records or losing records? I don't know. That's Oh, you didn't check that? Oh, you wanted to go to the Bulls so you could trash them, but you didn't check the other side of it. Two sides of a coin. Brosif. What are we doing here? So what do we got to do? We got to be positive about the Blazers. No, you don't so. have to be positive. You just don't have to be... You don't have to be so negative all the time. You, you did, what do you want you me did, to do, then? You did something... <laughs> <laughs> who am I supposed to be? Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. You know what, man? I'm just happy to be alive. I'm just, uh, the hell's wrong with you. What? I almost this died. This is now the second week. I almost, I almost died last week. Where you just seem like what? you are, you are curmudgeon. I'm not curmudgeon. You're even I'm look like a curmudgeon. Lucky. You got a I'm curmudgeon coat on. Whoa. You got your, you got Whoa, your I'm cap. I'm happy to go lucky. I'm telling you, I almost died last week and I'm very happy to be alive. When did you almost die? Monday. I almost died on Monday. What, what was that? So I was hunting. For elk, yeah. as you and I d discussed, I think, after the show last week. That's what mm -hmm. I was going to do. My Sunday, Monday was hunting for elk. I'm out of here. I'm going to go up to the woods. I'm going to find an elk. I'm going to shoot it. I did not do that. I uh, just took a gun for a walk through the woods, but that's what I was doing. That's usually what happens. Yeah. It, most of the time, you know what? Serenity, man. You're in You're in the middle of nowhere. You're You're one with nature. You're, it's like you're, fishing. You're not going to get it every time. No. Well, if, look, this is what my brother says. If... Uh, if you got something every time, they wouldn't call it hunting. They would call it killing, right? It's hunting because you're looking for anyways. We're up in the uh, Susan Wilderness. It's uh, a little southwest of Mount St. Helens. It's a beautiful area. It's one of my dad's uh, all-time favorite places of the world to go up there with him. Uh, all day Sunday, it rained on us, uh, but it was serene. It was very nice. Monday morning, the rain went away. Still wet, but very oh. nice. About noon on Monday... The rain started to pick up and the wind started to pick up. Oh. Now, being in a forest when it's windy can be a little dicey because these big wind gusts start coming through. And I'm sitting on a log and I pull out my uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich and my uh, go-gurt and, uh, and my soda. And I'm going to sit down and have a little, myself a little lunch. What kind of soda you get? Nah, I didn't drink soda. I was just trying to think of what a kid would pack in his lunch. I had a cliff bar and then I had some uh, hot tea to stay warm. 
wasn't as fun as the lunch that I. You had hot tea and a Cliff Bar. Yeah, that's what I had. So I had my pack. I also had an apple, I had some beef jerky, I had some uh, wasabi almonds. See, this works very well. But the you and I, yeah, that's, that's, we're, we're both anomalies. Okay. Anyways, you rugged hunting man having yeah. your Cliff Bar and tea, hot tea. Me, former fullback, driving my Prius to work. Yeah, there you go. So sitting in the sitting in the woods, and I decided to sit down on this log, and a big wind gust comes through. <laughs> to my left, I hear, or to my right, I hear this big tree. <laughs> Oh, hell. Like it's, and I'm like, ooh, that's not good. Yeah. And then as soon as my attention is drawn to my right, to the left, the top half of a tree fell about 30 yards from me, and it fell like tipped down, spiked into the ground right next to me, and I went, ooh, might be time to go. So what I do is I decide, I'm like, all right, well, I know the fastest route out of the woods. I could do that, or I can continue hunting, but just make – a little more haste than I normally would mm. and go up the ridge. There's a nice spot there where you could possibly see an elk. I'll go up there and then I'll just make my way to the smaller timber and get the hell out of here. Smart. Yeah. So I, I start walking that way. I make it about, I don't know, 30 steps mm. and a branch the size of a Volkswagen bug falls pretty much right where I was going to walk. Oh, so, dude. So I decided that instead of, hunting my way out i was like nope fastest way is that way and so i just start hauling ass and i start kind of running out of the woods another branch falls uh, to my right another one falls to my left i'm walking down an old fallen tree uh probably i don't know 30 years ago it fell giant covered in moss and i go to jump off of it my foot falls through it pinches my leg into the log so now i'm standing there and this old log is hanging onto my leg another branch falls to my left maybe 10 yards from me. So I ripped the log apart, pulled my leg out and just got the hell out of there. I was not in a very uh, good headspace when Oof. the, when the wilderness was trying to kill me. I spent a day and a half having a very nice commune with nature. And then it tried to kill me. I just looked up at the sky and go, I get it. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. So all week, I'm very happy to be alive. So you had a near death experience. I don't know that it was near. I was ne at no point was I near death. Did you see your eyes? But or, I was uh, I was death adjacent. See your life flash before your eyes? No, I, what I did was I went, glad I wasn't sitting there because oh that would have killed me. God, why did I move away from Hawaii? Glad I, well, Hawaii <laughs> tried to kill me too. Uh, I got stuck in. <laughs> oh, why have I spent so many years here? <laughs> I got, I got almost, I almost got stuck inside a lava tube during a flash flood when I was in Hawaii. I'm very lucky that that didn't happen. What so. the hell is it with you and almost dying? Uh, we, what, the volcano, the tree? It wasn't a volcano. It was a flash flood. What volcano tried to kill me? I thought you said a lava tube. Yeah. So we're. It's a volcano. Yeah. Few, it? few of us, a uh, few of uh, my my friends that I knew in Hawaii uh, decided to go on a little bit of a hike. Oh. And they lived there longer than I had. And I was not the most uh, familiar with the terrain, but they're like, oh, you got to check out this lava tube. It's pretty gnarly. So we hike up this little river valley. Would you say gnarly when you lived in Hawaii? Sure, absolutely. I lived in Hawaii. Why would I've I not? We also called you say that. We also called appetizers poo poos. <laughs> so yeah, you do the things you say aloha and mahalo okay. a lot more. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't try to sound Hawaiian, but you go like, yeah, let's go grab some poo poos and some drinks. Now, when you moved here, did you like? Did you did you try to keep that up? I, I moved. I moved from there to L.A. L.A. Maybe a little bit, but, but still, no, like, no, it, it faded pretty quick. Okay, that's LA's good. a whole different. I'm glad animal. you weren't that guy. No, 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 no. But when I go back, I do fall back into it a little bit because oh. I see I have some friends that are still out there, sure. and they still use the the nomenclature out there. Whatever. Mm. Anyway, so we're hiking up towards this lava tube, and we're probably 200 yards, and you kind of see where it is 
on the mountain, the rain picks up, and all of a sudden this valley goes from like a little trickle in the stream to, I don't know, maybe a 17-foot wide, four-and-a-half-foot deep river flowing through the middle of this valley. And it, it came on so fast that the group was about eight of us split us in half where if you were on one side of the creek, you could no longer cross. Mm. And so we were basically separated by this valley, which was now all of a sudden treacherous and before it was nice and calm. And so we looked up the valley and coming out of the lava tube was basically just a rush of water. And it's, I don't know. They said I had never, I never, never did make it back. They said it was like 300 yards through. So if we were in there, there would have been nowhere to escape to. So, yeah, we may have died uh, stuck in that situation. And it was bad enough because we were in, like, a really dense forest, so there wasn't much room to go. Mm. We ended up crawling on the canopy across the creek to get the group back together. Mm. And nobody really knew what to do because most everybody there was just um, Maui stoners. So they're like, oh, what do we do? And I'm like, well, all right, I don't know where we are. You guys have been here before, but you're following me. First thing we're going to do is go uphill because guess where water doesn't travel <laughs> uphill. So we just hauled straight up the hill as high as we could, got to the ridge, found a sight line, figured out where the car was, figured out how to get down. But I got to uh, navigate us out of a very treacherous situation in Hawaii. So, yeah, Hawaii tried to kill me, too. Where else do you uh, want to say we're, we're safer than? Well, what's wrong with you? Why are you almost dying? But again, I think almost this is dying. a problem. It's death adjacent. It's 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 had I been there, then I would have been pretty possibly. close to dying yeah but when i think technically of, you should be dead sure that is, <laughs> there's probably at some point a final destination moment where i right. escaped death and now it's coming to get me and That's, that is the first thing i thought okay. once you said the hawaii story because yeah. i thought to myself okay the forest that's crazy. That's an insane story. Yeah. But now that you're telling me that death is, in fact, following you, I do have to admit, one, I'm very glad I'm on this side sure. of the glass and not over there because who knows if death is going to come meet you in that studio. Fair enough. And two, if I were you, I would do what that uh, blonde lady did in the movie and just go into a soft room. Well, you have to. That's you have, how she avoided it. You have to know that I've never seen any of those movies. I'm just aware of the premise. Sorry. You've never seen Final Destination? No. What did I just say? Why not? Because I don't watch that many movies. Every time we get into movie talk, mm. you haven't seen. No, probably not. Have I seen the trailer? Yeah, probably. We kind of do that back and forth, though, because you mentioned some movies where I just am like, I don't know. What oh, yeah. Is. We had a, had a whole conversation about like eras of movies. Like I watched movies when I was a kid that mm -hmm. you probably haven't seen because my what's older brother. What's 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 oh, it's like the kid? Monty Python stuff that my dad loved. That, is that the 80s? Oh, that's 60s, 70s. Oh, so you went back a decade. Well, a but again, those were movies that my dad liked, so we watched oh. when we were a kid. Okay. Uh, and then go back to, I don't know, like when did you start, like your favorite comedies are all the uh, like Will Ferrell stuff. Eh, yeah. As a kid? Yeah, I'd say like, the 90s. Okay. So you like had Tommy, Tommy Boy, Tommy Boy, Dumber. that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we had, we had the idea that introduce a conversation about introducing movies to a, a new generation. Go, oh, you have to watch these yeah, it doesn't work. Why with your kids? It just doesn't work with any kids. Like, not, like my kids might like my movies, but like, if a twenty-year-old that we worked with, like, um, trying to get them to like your music or your movies, it's the people that are the generation before you. you my kids, they'll do whatever I say. At this point, it'll get to a point where they're teenagers and they'll do nothing I say. But right now, like a uh, little f Luke Darkens. Mm. 
If you put on music that you like, mm-hmm. he's not going to say no. Because guess what? He can't talk yet. And not then when he can, you're most of his reference to what goes on in the world. It'll be a long time before he knows that things exist outside of his little, you know, sphere. Mm. So things that he can see and touch, that's all he knows that exists. What do they call it? Object permanence? Mm. He doesn't even know that's a thing yet. So yeah, you have you have a ton of influence over him. So yeah, you can you can cram whatever terrible movies. So and what you movies can, you did can, you watch as a kid? I told you, like all the old Monty Python movies, <laughs> Benny <laughs> Hill. Uh, let's see. Uh, you ever watch? Uh, uh, what's the? I can't even think. Cannonball Run. No, the, yeah. I've heard Cannonball Run in reference quite a bit. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. All those. Whatever my dad liked, we watched when I was a little kid. I will say, I think the movie that you could show to any generation and they would find something funny about it's Caddyshack. There's yeah. just there's something about Caddyshack that the humor is enduring. Like it's enduring. Like the, uh, you know the the weird irony of uh, him walking with the huge golf bag sure. down there, and he's like, "What do you got in here? Rocks?" And I, w- I would because say- I used to carry twenty pounds of ice up. 50 whatever flights of stairs and you say well so what so what yeah so let's dance it's funny i would say caddyshack and this might be controversial i don't know oh gosh here we go go ahead caddyshack is a better collection of comedy bits than it is an actual movie it's just you, oh yeah yeah it's just one one thing to the next. I mean, so it doesn't people, really have a plot. <laughs> what I mean, some people swear that that movie is. Uh, but for for most of my childhood, I never sat down and watched Caddyshack all the way through. Mm. Caddyshack used to just be on. Yeah, and it's like, and then you pick it up in the middle. I didn't know where the beginning, middle, and end was. Then I watched the whole movie, and I'm like, still not sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a lot of the case with like some of the better comedies. All time. Like even Annie Hall, like Annie Hall doesn't necessarily have like a plot. It's just kind of, it's Woody, it's Woody Allen jokes. Yeah. It, it's, it's stand-up bit written into yeah. it. Yeah. Super bad. There's a plot, but yeah. quite honestly, it's a lot like how you describe Cash. Like you could just pick up and plant yourself anywhere into super bad and you'd be like, oh, this is great. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Just drop yeah. it. Once in a while, like every other page of the script, they like remind you what the plot is. But yeah. you don't really need. Yeah, it's just a bunch of bits. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be funny. How to, oh, all right. Where do you put? That's a great bit. Where do we put it? In the movie? Just blah. real quick. Yeah. Remind them. It's a party. That's <laughs> what they're doing. They're going to a party. Oh, so we step on a duck. Uh, yeah. Four of those. Six of these. Yeah. <laughs> just well, Rodney Dangerfield is that anyway. So you ever watch uh, any of his other movies? Uh, no. Well, what's the one where he goes to college? Uh, back to school. Back. To, I think it was called back to school. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. But yeah, there's nobody like Rodney Dangerfield. No, way. he's something else. Go back. Very do, unique. Do yourself a favor. One of my favorite things every once in a while, just to remind yourself of how entertaining, not just he was, but watch him on Carson. Just go and watch. Yeah. And Carson's interviews. Cause he just got out of the way. Uh, George Carlin, Don Rickles and uh, Rodney Dangerfield sitting down at the desk with Johnny Carson are some of the funniest things that you'll ever see. Cause Carson just sat there and just cried laughing and let those guys just go nuts. But that's entertaining. Anyways. All right. Should we talk about uh, college football? Yeah, I'm ready. I don't know if you can handle my negativity about it. Uh, no, what I cannot wait for your take on how Utah is going to whoop up on the Ducks. Ooh. That's all I want to hear. Goodness. It's what I came here for. Wow. So we're going to do that next. Will Darkens explains how the Utes will dismantle the Ducks next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back in. We got college football on the TV. That's a nice thing about starting at 9 a.m. Ohio State up on Michigan State 7-0 already early in that. No way. Did they throw on him? I know. Shocking. The worst pass defense in college football for Michigan State. That's just a guess. Oh, hey, it was. Yeah, what what are the odds? (laughs) I would pass a touchdown. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, we got that going on. But the big game, big game, primetime, ABC. This afternoon, you got a matchup of the two best teams, the only two ranked teams in the entire Pac-12, and the number three team in the nation sits as an underdog going into this game. I mean, this matchup, Will, is is pretty much identical. Points per game for the Ducks, 35.3. Points per game for the Utes, 35.7. Yeah, they play offense now. How weird is that? Points allowed, 22.6 for the Ducks, 23.8 for the Utes. Their total rushing yards are 227 to 214. Total passing yards, 213 to 223. I mean, they're pretty much right there, neck and neck with everything. Tell me why Utah's going to dominate. Oh, I didn't know I'd be set up like that. Oh. We talked about it. Utah's going to dominate. You asked, that's what you told me. To, we never agreed on that. That's exactly what you told you me. You just I have, teased it. I have three emails from you saying, I need you to do it this way. I go, yeah, I got the last one. That's a and specific you send it again. number. <laughs> three? Yes, it is. 
Each one I responded with, yeah, I already got. Uh, why are the Utes going to dominate? I don't know, because really they control the pace of the game. And let's be honest, Oregon, whenever they cannot control the pace of a game, whenever they cannot dictate things offensively on their terms, whether it's running the ball or trying to create play action situations to give Anthony Brown wide open looks, well, things generally don't work out incredibly well. Now that's to say they've only lost one game, but yep. boy, during that Stanford game, a lot of things did not go well <laughs> in a very concentrated amount of time. Yeah. And that's the third quarter. So in terms of Utah, I'd like to believe that it's going to be different than it was the Stanford game, because look, you got Joe Moorhead, you yep. got everybody that you need in the backfield. Anthony Brown's starting to play a little bit better. He's coming into his own. He's understanding who he is as a quarterback. The well, I think, the, I think Joe Moorhead is, yeah, the offense, yeah. the team around him is understanding who he is. Well, and they're understanding their identity. And I thought, uh, Joey made a really good point of this when he was on, uh, Isaac and Sue. That's your buddy, night. Joey Harrington. That's right. Yeah. Great friend, family yep. friend. Sure. Was there for the birth of my child. Yep. Uh, he had said, you know, look, this fan base, Oregon, is expecting Chip Kelly. They keep expecting it. They keep expecting the 45 to 7 leads at halftime. They keep expecting the scores in 30 seconds. But really, Mario Cristobal has created a team that's dominant in a dirt, uh, different sense, which is we're going to just wear on you, lean on you at the line of scrimmage. And if it's a messy game, whether it was not really pulling away from Arizona late, uh, being competitive with Stony Brook early on, <laughs> It really doesn't matter because that's the type of identity that this team is. And so really when I see that the number three team in the nation is the underdog, which by the way, I've seen from many national pundits this week that they keep trashing on Oregon. Yeah. In fact, there is an article on ESPN this morning that talks about how uh, Oregon does not belong in the number three spot. Oh. And it's ridiculous. Do you think Mario read that one? Oh, he probably didn't. Oh, no. I don't think Mario Cristobal consumes anything but like football. Uh, did you watch a Washington game? What do you mean? His press conference after he hated everything that was said about. He made no comment oh, right. about anything that Jimmy Lake said before the game, and then made sure everybody knew how pissed he was afterwards. Yeah, I don't think that guy has a life. In fact, I think we were talking yeah. about it on AJ and Dusty. Like, how much sleep do you think Mario Cristobal gets a night? What do you mean? He sleeps standing up for two hours in his, With his uh, eyes cryo open. chamber. Yeah, <laughs> so he can watch film. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, more legit, than that. he's not getting over three. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the part about the idea that they're now a team with a dominant offensive line, a powerful defensive line, and they want to lean on people. That sounds very reminiscent of the last X number of years in Utah, right? Isn't that the way that they play football out there? And I know that they're better on offense this year and they've got cam rising who it seems to have some star potential out mm -hmm. there, but isn't that the way that Utah wanted to win games and has been able to win games? Cause they've been in the PAC 12 title game. What two out of the last three years. Sure. have. So you have a team that wants to go out and essentially win the same way, mm -hmm. but this is where those five-star, four-star, top five, top 10 recruiting classes come into play. Utah does not recruit in those same waters, but they're trying to do the same thing. Doesn't that give Oregon a pretty big advantage? Well, you would think so, but I think a lot of it too comes down to coaching. And okay. unfortunately, as much as this might piss Duck fan off, I believe Kyle Whittingham's a better coach <gasps> than Mario Cristobal. Definitely not a better recruiter, <sighs> though 
I would say that that isn't even really definite either because I would say Mario Cristobal has far more resources to work with than what Kyle Whittingham has at Utah. And that's also not to say Utah's a crappy job, just that, come on now, at Oregon, you got more resources. Let's look at big games, though. What's, okay. What's the, what's the likely, or what's the, what are the, holy cow, Ohio State, see ya. Um, the, the Mario Mel Cristobal. Mel Tucker too much? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Here's your, here's your, all your money before we play Ohio yeah, State. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Let me sign that contract real yeah, quick. Yeah, just, just a red shirt running 10 yards past everybody. 77-yard yeah. touchdown for Garrett Wilson there. Um, Kyle Whittingham hasn't been great in big games. Mario Cristobal has lost a couple what you would call big games, but he's never been blown out in yeah. a big game. They've Give been close. Take. They've been competitive. Mm-hmm. The, the best game of the season in college football was Oregon going to the horseshoe and beating this Ohio state team. That's running all over what, what is uh, Michigan state number seven in the country right mm. now. Uh, and that's just, I mean, this is obviously early and a lot of things can happen, but there's a quick 14, nothing lead. And, and this is where Oregon went and won. Now CJ Stroud right there in the Heisman race as the best court. I know, I know roll eyes, but well, he yeah. is, he, he's right there. Well, it's, it's him and the, the running back. Of, yeah, yeah. What is it? Kenneth Williams, the mm. third. Yeah. Whatever, that's for, a whole other conversation, but boy, I, we brought that I think up this is like week. the first year where like, I wouldn't give the Heisman to anyone. <laughs> it's just, honestly, it's <laughs> really, I mean, it's your, just, your favorites are Bryce young at Alabama, which, yeah. eh. okay. It's uh CJ Stroud. These are, these yeah. are the best odds. Uh, uh, Kenneth Williams, the third, and then, um, what is his name? Matt Carroll at o- Ole Miss. Yeah. Right. So and he just, uh, peaced out. Uh, yeah. Out for the season. No, he just said, I'm not returning next year. Oh yeah. Peaced out for the league. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Who was out for the season? There's a couple guys out this week. That doesn't matter. Uh, Wasn't him. So yeah, he's not. Well, why would you come back if you're a, if you're a Heisman favorite and you have your draft stock is that high? It's yeah. I mean, school be, spirit. Damn it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Um, but this is this is what this Ducks team was built for, right? Is is games where you have to go and bow your back and be tough on the road in November. So if they can go in and do what you said, which is control the game with their offense, uh, can control the game with their defense. They've, they've given up a lot of yards this year, but they've always been able to bow their back when they get in the red zone. If they can do those things. That's kind of what they're built to do. This would be a sign that the Mario Cristobal way is really starting to get roots because with all the freshmen and sophomore they have playing, mm-hmm. the guys that they have out still, Justin Flo is one of the primary guys I'm thinking of, uh, and you're missing you know, your number one back in C.J. Verdell, the guys that are going to come in and replace those guys, it's only going to get better from here. So this game, I think, is pivotal to see what the next, I don't know, maybe six months or six years of Mario Cristobal with the Ducks is going to be, depending on what that Miami offer ends up being. Uh, but yeah, oh, another story. Boy, putting that energy out there. Huh? You want to get that? You want to get in on that? Sure. Yeah. I'd I'm- love to. In fact, I had a question. On the fan Twitter, the famed fam Twitter. Fam Twitter? Fam. You're trying. That I was very surprised the predominant answer. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about that. So Miami has fired their athletic director, who apparently Mario Cristobal, not a big fan of. Mm. It's assumed that Matt Diaz will be on his way out very soon. The one place that worries Duck fans is Miami comes calling for Mario Cristobal to come home. What are the chances that's a real threat to your head coach? We'll talk about that after this Sports Interrupted. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. One of the background stories around your Oregon Ducks this week is what's going on across the country. In Miami, Florida, the Hurricanes have gotten rid of their athletic director. The guy's name is not at the tip of my tongue right now, so I won't try to remember it because who cares? He's fired. He doesn't have a job anymore. Technically, I guess he resigned, right? They parted ways. But rumors are that Mario Cristobal, not a big fan of that dude. So some are surmising that this is paving the way for the Miami Hurricanes to clear out their football head coaching job, clear a vacancy, make room so they can offer all the monies to Mario Cristobal. Played at Miami, grew up in Miami. His family is in Miami. The one job that could pull him away from Oregon is Miami. But Will... They say the facilities are not as nice down there in Miami as they are here at Oregon. Oregon has everything you could ever want as a whole coach and as a head coach. And there's no way, no way that Miami can match what Oregon has from football facility standpoint. But, but Miami seems to uh, think a little bit differently. Apparently I've got some of that, uh, UM medical money coming into the football program. And I've heard rumors that Miami is, no longer considering money an object when making their football programs return to relevance a top priority. So if they back up the Brinks trucks. Haven't they said that? No. No? I don't think so. No, they've. it's always been, oh, Miami doesn't really invest in their football program. It doesn't do that, blah, 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 blah. But apparently they have uh, quite a bit of money from their relationship with the hospital. Because guess what? Hospitals made a lot of money recently. You know why? global pandemic i don't know if you heard about that but they are making football a major priority and uh, their number one target is mario cristobal what did you hear on twitter about it that you were so eager to talk about oh no uh from the fan account i had put out a question basically saying what's the better head coaching job and i uh said uh miami or another job that's open washington oh okay now 
not completely comparable to Oregon, but somewhat. There's a lot of resources up in Washington. Sure. Well, um, I believe they shared a national title one year, didn't they? Uh, right. Uh, but I got responses that all just said, it's Miami. What are you, an idiot? It's Miami. <laughs> yeah. It's always Miami. That's, that's Miami every single time. Now, besides this hypothetical, uh, money barf from, <laughs> uh, the medical school, why else would I want to go to Miami? Uh, if you're Mario Cristobal. Well, right. you played at Miami. You grew up in Miami. Your yeah. family's in Miami, and okay. it's Miami. Right. So my life's goal is to make a lot of money and just be near my family, right? Is that not it? A, not a terrible goal. Well, it's not, but do you think that's <laughs> I mean, Mario? Do you I mean, think you, that's you Mario Cristobal's goal, though? You, you said it like, uh, could you imagine those two things working together? But think about Mario Cristobal for a second. Well, does that guy strike you as somebody who will take the money and run? I don't know that this is necessarily a taking the money and run situation. Taking the money and run would be if you, you know, LSU comes and backs up the truck. And just goes, we're going to give you all of the money. There's no guarantee of success because you're always going to be playing against Alabama when you're Whoa. LSU. What? No guarantee of success? At LSU? Who do you think has more resources, LSU or Miami? Oh, I'm not I'm not saying that they don't. I'm LSU is probably a better job than Miami. It's a better job than Miami. But 100%. But if you want to win national championships, it's also a job where you can be fired in two years after winning a national championship. Where if you go back to Miami and you're in the photos of national championship teams from years past, mm -hmm. well, let Scott Frost start in Nebraska. He has not been great. He's going to get a little bit more leeway than bringing in Mike Riley. You 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 have somebody that is is a, a, the the return of the prodigal son. You get a little bit more leeway than what you have. And if you're Mario Cristobal, it's it's more than just about the money. It is about the the legacy of it and returning your school back to glory. Mario Cristobal also doesn't strike me as somebody that's afraid of a challenge where it's going in there. And if they offer him a Jimbo Fisher type contract mm -hmm. where Texas A&M has the facilities and and by by all means by all of my understanding has all of the means and the resources to do whatever any other program can do and their facilities match up with anybody's from what I understand. I haven't been there. I've been to Oregon. It's ridiculous. I haven't been down to see what they have at Texas A&M, but I understand it's very very similar. Now, if they back up and give a Jimbo Fisher type contract where it's 10 years, 10 million dollars a year to Mario Cristobal, he can simply say as a rebuttal going, all right, are we going to have the same kind of facilities at the end of those 10 years that they have in Oregon? He's he's he knows what the blueprint is to go and, and how it operates inside the University of Oregon, where they continually outpace the rest of the country in creating an experience when kid, kids come in. So he'll he'll he can simply simply turn around and go, all right, cool. You're offering me one hundred million dollars. I appreciate that, but I want to win. I want to come back and I want to have the same type of support in Miami that I have in Oregon. And he can tell them what that is. And if they have all the money in the world, they can build that and they can build that quickly in Miami. Okay. So here's the other aspect that you also need to think about. Now, what made Mario Cristobal head coaching at Oregon work so well and be so advantageous for him at that particular time when he took the job, when he took the job, he was already there. Okay. What else? 
the kids wanted him. They wrote all the they, they all the letters that were written because Mario Cristobal was How not was the USC lead candidate doing? for that job. How was UCLA doing? Well, they were doing. How poor. are the Arizona schools doing? Well, I mean, Arizona was doing great, didn't Mario they? Just Cristobal. didn't they just sign Kevin Sumlin? <laughs> Mario Cristobal came to that job at a very very opportune time, which sure. was the LA schools were incredibly weak. They had incredibly weak leadership, and you basically. Well, the L.A. market was just open. It was basically a flag going, hey, anybody who has, like, good facilities and is good with 18-year-olds, come on over. We want to do it. We, we want to do business with you. Okay, now you go over to Miami. Who are you competing with in recruiting? Right now? Yeah. This, If you're talking about an advantageous time, Florida State is down. Florida is getting ready to fire their head coach. Uh-huh. FCS, uh, the, the UCF and uh, South Florida have both had good runs in recent past. They're getting new coaches. Who else Clemson you think has a down year. Who else you think recruits from Florida, though? Everybody recruits from Florida. You know who recruits from Florida right now? Mario Cristobal recruits in Florida right now. Everybody in the country who goes else, down though? there. It's Alabama. It's, it's Alabama, it's Georgia, Who it's else? LSU. Who else? I don't know. The Dolphins? Keep what are you going. talking about? It's the entire SEC. Yes, I know. I just said it's everybody. It's also the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the Big 12. So, I guess it's how the entire I see, country. How I see it is this, that if you do go to Miami and you do have this long period, which I think you're correct, it's a lot like Scott Frost where you, know, you can go there, you're an alumni, they'll probably give you a lot of time. I think you might run into a wall where it starts to become a little bit futile in recruiting because I truly believe that Mario Cristobal is an incredible recruiter. He's very, very good at what he does, but I also believe he fell into that job at a very opportune time. Sure. I think if Mario Cristobal has that job back in 2005, You're competing against Pete Carroll for the LA kids, 2011 yeah. even, I don't think he does as well as he does right now. No. And all I'm saying is I think if you go to Florida, you are still going up against a dude in Kirby Smart who's very good at recruiting. Nick sure. Saban, who the guy just walks into a room and people say, where do I sign? And LSU, where it's similar in regards to, I guess, whoever you're going to hire, but it's LSU. It's the same thing. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm saying, if, if, if he's all about taking the money, going there and coaching and dealing with what will most likely be five to seven years of mediocrity. Cause that's what it's going to be. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Go for but it. Would you, would you fault him for going back home no. and taking that job in no. Miami? I don't think it's smart, but I wouldn't. So you him. would, <laughs> you just said like, no, I, I, I wouldn't because I understand everything you laid out. I understand. And from his point of view, if that is in fact what he wants, I agree with you. And but here's, if it was me in that position, <laughs> I would stay at Oregon. You're also from con- Oregon. <laughs> I would continue to leverage for more money. Yeah. And I would also say to myself this, $100 million versus what Oregon's probably going to pay me at a certain point, which is probably $5 million a year. Sure. Well, Whatever. And, and how much how much of it is determined by what happens the rest of this season? Because yeah, if, if they go and get close and you know that you have – I don't know how many guys are returning on next year's team. Let's say 18 18 starters are returning. You have these young five-star quarterbacks that are on your roster already. You have, if you get close this year, you get into the college football playoff, maybe even get to the title game and just get that close. Does it make it harder or easier to lose? If you get that close and you feel like you're building to something or 
you win Oregon's first national title, is it easier to leave? So what happens from here? Or hell, maybe you lose this afternoon to Utah, and now you've missed out again at nine and one with a tough Pac-12 game on the road, like you did two years ago against uh, Arizona State. Mm. So whatever happens. I think partly is going to weigh into what happens. So I don't think any decisions have been made. It'll be interesting what Miami offers, but I don't know, man, recruiting people to go, Hey, how would you like to go to Miami when they're already in Miami versus how would you like to go to Eugene when they're in Miami? How would you like the opportunity to work directly with Nike to make money while you're in college? Listen, uh, These are two great jobs. It's if they're, if they're planning to do what they're saying, they're going to do in Miami. These are two great jobs. They've got a great history long before Oregon was good, but in recent past, Oregon's a much, much better job. Interesting to see what happens. We need to get to good versus evil. We do that next. Sinner and Saint on 1080 The Fan and Odyssey. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Here's the bad, because I said the other thing. I plan on being, I love the AD, I love the president, I love the chancellor, I love living here, I love being in my ranch, I love the family loves it here, I love I love Kyle Field, I love the people, which who, I love all that stuff, and that's obviously not good enough. I get it. I'm not. I'm not mad at you. Oh, I'm sorry. Seriously, I, I, I read the reports. And people come to me. I say, I don't want to hear. I'm not interested. There's the best fan boat salesman west of the Mississippi, Jimbo Fisher. The Texas A&M coach is denying interest in the LSU job opening. The man who originally hired Fisher at A&M is the athletic director at LSU, but the coach says the Aggies' recruiting class is just too darn good to leave. And then he wants to stay at Adam and he doesn't plan on going anywhere else. It's well known that Fisher left Florida State because of their lack of funding in football and the facilities. Could you see any high profile coach at another school leaving for LSU right now? Uh, yes, but I don't have the name. I'm trying to think of who it would be, but James Frank. <laughs> James Franklin is, is an interesting one. I mean, that one's been brought up because apparently his new agent is very familiar with the SEC. I mean, if you want to go and prove that you're one of the great coaches and God knows you have a chance to win a national championship at LSU because we've seen it. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know who it's going to be. James Franklin was the hot name, but then they started losing. And, uh, and you get kind of curious about that. But yeah, I don't see Jimbo Fisher leaving. I don't see... I certainly don't see Mario Cristobal leaving for that job. I'd have to kind of look through the Rolodex of hot names out there. My curiosity is what's going to happen with a guy like Matt Campbell, Luke Fickle, these guys at Iowa State and Cincinnati. Uh, those are the the names that I think for USC and for LSU are more likely than getting an old dog uh, trying to get him down there. Michigan State's doing something rare, and only Oregon has done this in the last 20 years. Oregon was a solid two-tier program. And then Phil Knight said, we're going to go tier one. Built a new stadium, best facilities, marketing, uniforms, coaches, salaries, money solved it. And Michigan State's going to sign Mel Tucker, a great young coach, to a nearly $100 million deal. There's Colin. A report surfaced in the Detroit News this past week saying Michigan State and Mel Tucker are closing in on a 10-year, $95 million contract that would make him the second highest paid coach in college football. 
second only to Nick Saban, who has seven national championships. Most of this money, as you might imagine, is being provided by boosters. Do you believe rumors like this add to the enticement to coach Mario Cristobal to go somewhere else for money? Well, I mean, it just it puts more pressure on Oregon. I mean, if somebody's going to lure him with money, Oregon can match it. So the question is, is are they willing to do so? I mean, Mel Tucker apparently is uh, very good with the boosters. I have not really heard him speak too much where I've been left uh, just awe-inspired. But, man, I don't think you walk into a booster meeting without some... Uh, I don't know, inspiration and walk out with an offer for 10 years, $95 million. And you know what? Down there at Texas A&M, they love them some Jimbo Fisher at Oregon. How much do they love Mario Cristobal? That if that, what did they, what did we call it? A hypothetical money barf does come from Miami. Is Oregon willing to match any offer that they have for uh, this coach that they love so much? All right. Time for my favorite story of the week. And this one comes from Hawaii. <laughs> All right, now you probably know something about this. Apparently, huh. there's a river in Hawaii that smells like beer. Huh, actually, I do not know about that. No, oh, well, there is. Okay. Guess what? What? It's actually alcoholic. Oh, how about that? Residents of the town in Hawaii alerted authorities. Which the, island is this on? Uh, let's see, Oahu. Okay. Uh, smelled uh, a, a river that allegedly smelled like beer and turned out to be 1.2% alcoholic after testing. Do you have any idea why it smells like beer and has alcohol in it? Is it like right next to the uh, Kona Brewing Company or something? The area around Diamond Head, which is the location of this, is fairly industrial and home to a number of businesses such as the Paradise Beverages, who make okay. very, <laughs> make very well-known beers for brands like uh, Kahlua Brewery and Aloha Beer Company. There you go. So they're just dumping beer into the river? Sure. Yeah, I don't think that's like a natural occurring thing. Usually there's a pretty simple explanation for things like that. Where, like, guess what? Alcohol is seeping into the river from a beer factory. Smells like beer, and guess what? There's alcohol in it. Does that mean you could just drink from the river? You're not going to want to do that. Why? Uh, river water, not super clean. It does depend on uh, that's where we get our water. some of the particulates. Yeah, it's processed before it goes into your tap. It doesn't come straight out of the water. But doesn't the alcohol you kill everything? Beaver fever. Um. Yeah, I mean, the alcohol would kill some of it. There there are uh, a lot of, uh, what do you call them, scientists, uh, anthropologists that believe that uh, alcohol ended up saving more lives than it's ruined because back in the black death ages in uh, Europe, those that drank mead survived, those that drank water died. So, yeah, alcohol has often been uh, a lot safer than drinking the water in your local township in medieval times so yeah no i maybe maybe we're good let's go to hawaii let's test it out the bull run watershed yeah i don't know that'd be that would be interesting if there's a bunch of local uh drunks out there uh tube in the river just sitting there with a pint glass just filling it up right from underneath their uh inner tube mother nature giving us the spoils yeah <laughs> You know there's tourists who are just sticking their head in there and opening their mouths. Why not, man? Yeah, they read this and there. they're like, oh. Yeah. Let's do it. Sure, why not? Go nuts, buddy. Go nuts. Or you could just, you know, go buy a pint. 
yeah, this is free. It's natural. <laughs> Does it taste, taste better or worse than Coors Light? Oh, boy. Probably better. All right. There you go. I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of, uh, what's that phrase for when you try to make something sound more natural? Uh, um well, natural. An earthy taste. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. The, an earthy taste. Sure. Yeah. You get really get the terroir of the, right. of the valley. Yeah. Now, why wouldn't you just go to the company and try to find where they're spilling the crap into the river and then just stick your head in that? Yeah. Well, they just yeah, the, I mean? the spillway. Yeah. Right? right. Right off of the factory floor through the drain pipes out yes. the side of the building. Look, if you're willing to put your head in to the river. We don't know if people are actually doing oh, that. Oh, people are doing okay. that. Okay. I think I saw it on Instagram. 1.2% alcohol. It's going to take a lot of that to get you drunk. How much is in a can of beer? Uh, four. Oh, really? We have 4%. Your wine's going to have, I mean, roughly. Uh, some of your harder IPAs, you can see like 13 per, or, uh, 7%, 13 for wine. Goodness. Your spirits are usually 40% alcohol. 40 proof. 80 proof is 40%. 80 proof. Yeah. And then you have like, uh, you know, uh, like uh, wild turkeys, mm. 101. It's 101 proof. Uh, so that's 50% alcohol. What about Everclear? I think it's like 60% alcohol. One uh, time, uh, me and my buddies, we bought. Uh, it's poison. It will kill you. Oh, Make right. you go blind. Yeah. Well, and this uh, story will confirm that. Me and my buddies <laughs> one time went to Goodwill and we bought a used water cooler. And yeah. we filled it with Hawaiian punch and Everclear. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I, I genuinely, that is probably. It might one of the, be stronger than that because 151 would be 75 proof. Yeah. Or 75%. So it might be stronger than that. It might be maybe like 80% or more. That genuinely was the first time where I could remember only 15 minutes of a night. <laughs> like, like, you know how people yeah. are like, oh, I blacked out. No, I can't remember. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but you remember a very large portion of the night. Sure. Like, yeah. you remember, like, it got fuzzy, then you blacked out. Yeah, yeah, like everybody's sitting down or maybe going to the bar or, uh, like, you, you probably went out, like, sometime when you got to get into a cab. No, no, no. Text line, remember... text line saying 95% alcohol. <laughs> yes. clear. It, it is grain alcohol. So, yeah, I guess it would I be. remember having, like, two and a half glasses of that. And like watching a movie, and then after that, just nothing. Yeah. Not. I uh, woke up under pants in my bed, just. Oh yeah. Like, what's going on right now? Yeah, we had a bottle of one fifty one, and when I started bartending, uh, we used to do uh, some fire uh, uh, fun at the uh, old Hoosong and Larry's down on the river. We'd do like the flaming Dr. Peppers. We'd send like a waitress out to the table with a lighter and three shots that she was intending to light on fire and serve to patrons. Uh, which was always very fun. Uh, and t- we actually had a gal catch her acrylic nail on fire <laughs> while she's holding a shot of uh, it's amaretto and one fifty one, and she catches her acrylic nail on fire. So guess what she does? She throws the shot glass full of flaming alcohol across wow. the dining room. And it made a uh, nice little uh, plume of fire uh, before everybody, uh, you know, was able to put it out. But she got a very nice tip from the, uh, the, the gentlemen that were there. Anyways, I got the 151. I was going to try to learn how to breathe fire and, you know, you kind of blow the the fire out right, with the 151. Right. I was going to do that. We never got around to it. We decided to drink it after a night of drinking everything else. And that ended up with a couple of us laying in the yard, professing our love to each other as loud as we could. Oh. Yeah. It was very, very that's nice. That's very sweet. Yeah. Don't remember any of it, but that's what I was told happened. So anyways, dangerous alcohol, dangerous. If you're having beverages today, you be careful. Don't drink Everclear and watch a Utes game because you won't remember much of it.
Uh, all right. With that, that is our Good versus Evil. It's brought to you by 808 Hawaiian Restaurant. Their dining rooms are back open, so if you want to sit down, have some musubi and a Mai Tai, you should do it. Burnside or Woodstock online at ate-oh-ate.com. Hour two, you want to get into some more college football? Your Oregon State Beavers taking on the Arizona State Sun Devils uh, uh-huh. right down at Reeser. Uh-huh. We've got some big games around college football today. Some top 25 matchups. College football rules. We'll get you ready. You ready to get everybody ready? Yes. We'll get you ready for the Ducks and the Utes. This is the Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.